Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Thank you for joining us on our main voyage through mediocre cinema. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Tony. And we are off to a rocky start. Carly waited till we started to take a drink. <laughs> I mean, really? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. All right. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror slash thrillers. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action and adventure. In each episode, we take turns selecting a movie from our respective genre that, in our opinion, hasn't received the appreciation it deserves. You probably aren't going to find any of these films on any top ten lists, but maybe by listening to our podcast, you'll find a new admiration or perspective. This week is Elaine's pick, Waterworld. All right. So, Waterworld. I love this movie. I don't know why. Because it's good. Because mm-hmm. it's got Kevin Costner. Mm. Let's be serious. I did want to do a Kevin Costner fan cast where we had to watch all of his movies and that. talk about each of them. But if, none of us else wanted to be in it. Right. But if anybody wants that, just let me know. We can she's Skype. looking for co-hosts. Yeah, we can do a Skype podcast. Well, wait a minute. How would they be able to tell you? Then they would, well, they could email us. Emails where? At unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. That's unlike UN movie podcast. Or they could tweet at us at Unmovie Podcast. Unmovie Podcast. Yeah, that's on the Twitter? That's on the Twitter where the birds go tweet, tweet, tweet. Well, is there a Facebook? Of to- course there is. Tony, where is that? www.facebook.com. <laughs> Underappreciated Movie Podcast. Is it? Okay, wow. Okay, well, okay, I'm, so glad we, we should, I'm glad we told uh, Circle back to my 12 part essay on um, why Kevin Costner is the, mo- the most underrated actor whew. on the planet. All right, I'm going to leave, so. Oh, it's a gremlins. No, so, like, I really, I like Kevin Cosner. So, I picked Science Fiction Fantasy, and this is the first movie that came to mind because people hate on this movie so bad, and I have always liked Waterworld. Part of it is because I really do like Kevin Cosner, and part of it is because I just think it's a fun movie. You got that whole post-apocalyptic, you got that Mad Max vibe, you got this whole... Foot Clan with the smokers. The yes, they really. I'm sorry. When they are on the boat, and they're you know he's throwing the cigarettes to the kids as he drives through. That is so reminiscent of Shredder and the Foot Clan from the Ninja Turtles. Shredder doesn't throw cigarettes at the Foot Clan, does he? No, but they are giving a. They're playing video games. You're they're thinking of the of when uh, Sam Rockwell's like regular or minted. I am, but I'm just saying it's a okay. it's a similar kind of vibe. Okay. It's good. Mm. I thought it was very much a Mad Max vibe to the point where... It is, yeah. It's Mad Max. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, like, yeah. It, it's Mad Max it, on the water, but that doesn't make it wrong. <laughs> it does, that doesn't make it wrong. Oh, what a rush. Alright, so I went and I found this Amazon review that pretty much sums up how I feel. Oh, about well, who's the review from? Somebody named Jeremy. All right, Jeremy, Jeremy. thank you. Welcome to the podcast. Right. So it says, first, I wanted to state that I really enjoyed this movie. Well, obviously, because it's the greatest movie ever. Yep. Mm. No, it's not the greatest movie <laughs> ever, but it's up there. Keep going. Okay. I liked I liked its post-apocalyptic... Uh, oh, I can't say that word. Apocalyptic view of the world covered in water. The story was done well, and the look and the feel of the watered-down Mad Max was creatively done, and I enjoyed it from start to finish. Now, to all the people that apparently do not know what fiction is, this movie is Fiction. That means it's not real or based on total possible realities. 
So all these people saying it's not possible to have for a guy to have gills or that one scene just couldn't be possible, go get an A&E special if you want reality. If you find yourself repeating... If you find yourself repeating to yourself it's only movie, go get an imagination too. Wow, that guy got real mad. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but sometimes I wonder how people allow their ideas to be skewed by the majority. So... I agree. Like, it's fiction. Some of the stuff doesn't make sense, but most stuff in a fictional movie doesn't make sense. You can't nitpick it. You just have to enjoy it. Like Star Wars. There's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief. That you do and I think like that they wrestling. do... Yeah. I think they do a good, a well, pretty good job. But, but we, <laughs> so, so, I mean, this movie has been pretty universally unliked. I looked up some stats for this on the IMDb's. So this is why it's underappreciated, is what you're trying to say. Let's don't do that. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> on the IMDb, it's got a 6.1 out of 10, which is a little bit better than average, but not great. On Rotten Tomatoes, the critic tomato meter gives it a 42 and an audience score of only 43%. Hmm. So that's below average. And then on Amazon.com... It got uh, 4.5 stars. Wow. Out of 800 people. Okay. So all 800 people that really wanted this movie. Cause um, this sorry, maybe I dropped it. 4.5 out of what? Five stars. Five. Wow. That's pretty impressive. So that's not underappreciated. Yeah, but it's, mm-hmm. it's only 800 people. I'm impressed that the critics gave it 43%. I was expecting like 12. <laughs> well, it's only there was only 50 reviews. Okay. And so it's got a 22 fresh rating. Or 21 fresh rating and a 29 rotten rating. So, but, but historically, the critics are really harsh on movies that where fans are a little that's bit more true. lenient. So I Usually, it, the numbers are pretty close. With a 42 and a 43%, mm-hmm. pretty much everybody agrees, eh, this movie wasn't great. Yeah. I do not agree, though, because this movie is great. Mm. Hence the podcast. <laughs> Hence the podcast. <laughs> so, uh, Waterworld. It is a, set 200 years in the future, which for... I've. Takes so oh Jesus I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> so it was made in 1995 so 200 years in the future would be 2195. Did they say 200 years? In the yes, future? they totally say 200 years in the future. Okay. Everywhere says 200 years in the future, so not that far off. Mm-hmm. The polar ice caps have melted. The world is covered in water, and this and this is the result. These people are. Living on the fringes, they got very few resources, and we're following the story of one man and his adventures through this watery, watery world. And that is so. So it's a good name for the movie. It sure is. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. But yeah, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. Don't know where to go from here. So, <laughs> what did you guys think? So, before you watched it, this last time, right? What did you think? Like back in the day. Yeah. What? How did you feel about Waterworld? Like I went and saw this movie the weekend it came out, back in 1995. July 28th, 1995. I don't think I went that day, but it was that weekend. Okay. Went with some friends of mine, and by friends I mean like my uncle and my buddy. And we went to go see this festering turd of a movie. So for my 15th birthday, you saw Waterworld. I didn't know you then. <laughs> <laughs> but, sure. And 
I remember being excited about it because what the synopsis, with the previews, the trailer looked good. They're like, it was Mad Max on the water. And I'm like, I can get down now. I like Mad Max. And I was excited about it. And then I saw it and I was like, wow, I was expecting something a little bit better. But that's what I remember about the movie from way back then. I saw it, wasn't a real big fan. Haven't seen it much since then, but I'm glad I got to see it again recently. Uh, me? Um, <laughs> that would be you. That'd be you. That'd be, <laughs> be Tony. That is me. Uh, Today me? you're Tony. Tony. Uh, I, li I always liked the film. I was never crazy about it, but um, it, it, it promises something and it doesn't really deliver as well as it should. But uh, I liked it when I first saw it. You know, it was okay. But it was, it's one of those things where you kind of put it in, you know, you watch it if it's on TV or something like that. But uh, it's not one of my favorite movies. But I don't hate it. I don't understand the universal hate on the movie. But it's okay. I'll put it in the middle. In the middle. I have a different perspective because I had never seen this movie. Wow. I was in the fifth grade when it came out. And I wasn't really into post-apocalyptic <laughs> Mad Max style movies when I was, I don't know, <laughs> That's a shame, a damn shame. So wait a, minute, shame. A, a, wait a minute, a little girl in elementary school was into post-apocalyptic stuff? No, no. <laughs> well, you were weird, yeah. <laughs> Nowadays that is weird, because a lot of those young adult movies are all post-apocalyptic. A, a lot of anime, too. That's true, but back in the 90s, not so much. Not so much. But I heard that it wasn't all that great. And honestly, I was like, is that the movie with the soccer ball? But it's not. <laughs> Wow. I don't know what she's referencing there. I, I have not seen Castaway either. <laughs> That's a volleyball. That was a volleyball. Okay, <laughs> see? See? That was Wilson. I, I've Wilson. not seen that one either. The world's most famous so, volleyball. For all of you listeners out there, I'm the one who doesn't really watch <laughs> movies and has really never seen anything. So it's a good thing you have a movie <laughs> podcast. Yes. Yes. She grew up in a cult. <laughs> <laughs> She also never wears shoes. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into it. Uh, yeah. So, talk about the movie. So, I really like the opening sequence because it lets you know what you're getting in for right away. Now, do you mean the opening sequence like the the Universal the logo? Of the world. Or like when you first see Kevin Costner? No. Both of it. I like how the logo... Logo? logo. Yeah, keep it going. On the logo... I may need to edit this. Um... <laughs> You're going to have to show me how, because <laughs> I can't talk. The logo. The logo. I like how the logo, the polarized cat's mm -hmm. mouth. I do mm -hmm. like that. I think that's a nice touch. I know some people don't like it when movies do the specialized openings. Cool. I like that. I always enjoy those. I, I like that. So I like that. And then, you know, we come across the water, and then we see Kevin Costner. We all, well, first you hear the movie, the movie trailer guy. Yeah, Doesn't that's true. Goes, like, yeah, a he... world where water or something. <laughs> yeah, there is a little. Oh, no, keep that going. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> There's the voiceover, but where it just kind of explains that the polar ice caps have melted and yeah. everything's covered in water. And then you see him peeing in the cup, which mm -hmm. is nice. I kind of like that visual because it lets you know right away what's happening. So he pees in the cup. What's going on? He's urinating. <laughs> no, <laughs> it but... must be morning. Not a lot of urine in movies. But it's kind of a. It's a little different. <laughs> And but he pees in the cup and then he puts it in the recycler and then he drinks it. Right. Which kind of lets you know a couple things already about this world. That water's really scarce. That they still have fresh water. Yeah. Fresh water that which is weird though because the polar ice caps would melt. Uh, so that yeah, water would be. That we can't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> the more you but think about I the know. movie, the more it falls apart. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but that they still, fish people <laughs> that they still have it like they haven't totally devolved to like where they don't know anything about anything because they obviously have still some science if they can turn pee into water that's lets you know that they're not like all of a sudden stupid cave people which happens sometimes with these well, they can't be cave movies. people there's no caves but oh, sometimes goodness. they'll show these people like all of a sudden they're dumb as a box of rocks like they forgot everything they ever well, it's learned. It's not like they're going to water school. You know, I mean, right. All of a sudden but, it turns into Quest for Fire and they're like, Ugh. Yeah. yeah. But that happens in these kind of movies. But this lets you know they still have some science. It's not, there's still some technology. But obviously they're very short on resources because there's just not, it's just water. Wow, she went really deep cuts on someone peeing in a jar. <laughs> But that's what I think about. It. Like that's what it makes you. I think this movie's a lot deeper than people. It's a think piece, is what you're saying. There's a lot more wow. here than just jet skis. Well, yeah, that's a, we're gonna get into jet skis. <laughs> Holy jet skis! Actually, I was curious in this scene. Can they not recycle or do something with the water that's the everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> well, you they would can. think. Well, they can, but you know, usually they can do that now, but it's really expensive. Okay. But <laughs> I always kind of got the feeling that this is like the last of humanity. You think about, so it's been two hundred years, and you think at first everything was probably fine because there was they gathered lots their resources. And... There's lots of boats. Everybody had a plan. But then, as the water kept rising, and there was less and less land, and you had no you couldn't manufacture anything mm -hmm. then there was fighting and the only thing they didn't think and to save was cigarettes and ammo well they <laughs> probably killed most of each other off and then you get pirates who kind of stockpile and it's a lot of fighting so there's probably like the percentage of the population is probably very very small yeah I'm thinking there's under like a million people in the world yeah I can see that because you'd think that there would be more of those like little floating city mm -hmm. things but there's but not they come across well, it's a big-ass world. And in the beginning, there would have been lots of them. Yeah. But, especially where, like, the mountain ranges used to be, you would think that there would have been a lot in those areas because that's where the last land would have disappeared. But So mm. I feel like this is really at the end of their resources. Yeah. So maybe they used to could, but now they can't. Well, dry land is a myth. <laughs> okay. No, it's not. I've seen it. <laughs> That's not in that movie. She's, she's been there. <laughs> I've been yeah. there. The most famous quote in the movie is not in the movie. But the other thing is he goes on that dive, and right away there's the guy stealing from his boat. Mm -hmm. So you kind of get an idea that everybody's a little bit out for themselves out there yeah. on the water. You steal a then, man's limes. Yeah, it's messed yeah. up. How are you going to make key lime pie? And then you also see right away... <laughs> you, but you also see right away an encounter with the smokers so you kind of already get a feel you know there's still some technology you know that there's still like there's the laws of the sea and and thieves and stuff like that and then you know there's a whole group of people that have remnants of technology because you got your jet skis that prey on everybody else so it sets up everything Pretty well. One might call them pirates. I was going to say, in a water world, you're going to have pirates. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it lets you kind of know, all right, so if you got gasoline, you're bad, and shit ain't safe. I mean... So what you're saying is it's kind of an, it's a, it's a think piece. I know where you're going with this, and I like it. So what you're saying is gas is bad, gas is evil. I like where your head's at. I just like that the movie yeah. kind of lays it all out for you right away, yeah. and it put, sets up the bad guy right from the start. You're not an hour and a half in before you even know mm. what's happening. Mm. Then he goes to the village. 
where you find the, the atoll. The atoll. <laughs> yes. And he and pulls out the world's currency. Dirt. <laughs> and then, I mean, and you get an interesting look at kind of their religion a little bit. Like how they recycle people, so only green is food. Yeah. <laughs> what was that crap that they dumped the dead body into? I'm assuming they're they're eating that, right? I don't think. I thought they were using that. it for their garden. Like well, it was almost like a compost. They had that big tree solution, and its roots were in there. Okay. So it's got to be compost. It's got to be some kind of compost, but they never really say whether or not they eat that, and we don't actually see them eating anything. Yeah, that's the problem. So I really got. You have to have fruits. Or you get scurvy. Yeah. That's kind of the whole thing. I really got a whole Soylent Green is people vibe yeah, from that stuff. I got a little bit stuff. of that, but I didn't see, you know... One of the problems with this movie... I'm not going to derail you, but... One of the problems with this movie is it doesn't... Uh, one of the... one A good way to do a movie like this is you have to hint at larger things. Like, not to use the obvious choice, but Star Wars. They'll say, you know, my father fought in the Clone Wars. Or, you know, I bullseyed Womp Rats. You know, it'll throw terms out there that you haven't heard before to hint at a larger world. We don't get a lot of that in Waterworld. It's very restrictive. It's very this is what's going on. This one dude or this one guy or this small atoll or this small group. You don't so get any a lot of it macro. Less of a world thing. Yeah. More of like a water village. Exactly. Yeah. And that's one of the problems I think. I mean but I think that they were I think the tree was probably some sort of fruit tree and when you think about you know like he had the lime tree and then later yeah. he gets the tomato plant. Mm -hmm. So if they... Gets it. <laughs> and there's obviously fish. Yeah, obviously. On a water world, so, I think, yeah, almost exclusively. Hope. But no, so they probably, if the recycling stuff, the goop, feeds the tree, and the tree mm -hmm. gives them a source of vitamins And that or would keep the dirt that they have healthier. Because yeah. it'll go barren if yeah. you don't do something. So if they're making a compost, then that could explain how they're still able to grow anything Which in the Which would be why dirt was so they have. important. <laughs> and the fresh dirt, the fresh nu nutrients. Because they had the weird guy who ate the dirt. Yeah. It was like, pure dirt, man! Which yeah. seems like a terrible way to test to make sure that that's good dirt, because once you touched your tongue, you can't get that back. Like, you just ate that, dude. Yeah. But like say, on, the movie needs little hints of explanations, because there's a lot of it's, it's hard to suspend disbelief on some of the yeah, stuff. Yeah, they make a big leap from the polar ice caps melted and now there's water everywhere to, all right, well, how the hell will we get here? Yeah. I mean, did everybody decide everybody for themselves? Was it like a big, everybody's together and there was yeah. a falling out? We get none of that. We go right from polar ice caps, now we're at the end. Yeah. But Which in some movies, like, or books or stories or however, like The Road does this very well. Mm. You don't know what happened. You know, but this movie, it's like, you know... It, I don't know, it never really mattered to me. You, right. This is where you're at. Yeah. Well, this is, I this is feel like the I story of the end, like, not the... I mean... The, the journey and not the destination. I mean, Water Wars probably was a pretty good movie if they had made it, but that's not what... Oh, that would be cool. Probably. That would be cool. Someone call Kevin Reynolds. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him on the phone. Water Wars. <laughs> Water Wars is probably pretty cool. I mean, there is a tie-in book... That explores the... Really? Yeah, but I haven't read it. Wasn't there also a video game? Uh, I don't a couple know. video games. Yeah. Like, there's, a, there's a media tie-in book that was written, so huh. that could be good, it or it could be. be crap. Who knows? Maybe it fills in some blanks. <laughs> Maybe a graphic novel. Someone gets Stanley on we're, the line. We're only like 15 minutes in this movie, though. That's true. So, uh, when we get to this place, we... Uh, 
I don't even. Does it have a name? It doesn't. Just the no, atoll. They, they just called the atoll. There's yeah. a very lack of names in this movie. And then you get to see, you know, he sits down and he's drinking his water, his hydro, pure hydro, pure. Yeah, which confused me so at first. We're gonna rate the dirt and make it the equivalent of pure hydro. I was like. What is that? <laughs> when I hear hydro in 1995, I was thinking of weed. <laughs> but I don't know. Hydro always makes me kind of think of some kind of fuel, but that's what I was thinking. Just saying, different strokes. I'm like, yeah. they're weedness. Well, is, is this a stoner flick? Yeah. I mean, they're kind of showing that language changes, but I would think that dirt would be more important than water. I just think. <clears throat> well, without water, you can't really live. So I guess. I don't, I don't know. Depends. So anyway. Anywho, so then he goes and he meets our other main characters pretty quickly here. Helen, played by, uh, oh, what is her name? <laughs> Triplehorn. Uh, yeah, Jean Triplehorn, who's terrible. I, she's really a terrible actress. She, I like her. Tony said she's, she's a good actress. I don't know. No, I think she's terrible. I think she has a, does she, have a lot to do with it. She's probably movie. my least favorite character. I think in she's the, the reason people don't like this movie. <laughs> I think her right. character is written well. Terribly. Because yeah. Kevin Costner is great. No. And the little girl that plays Enola, I wrote her name down too, but it's like um, Tina. The chick from Napoleon Dynamite? Yeah. She does a good job of playing a little kid. She's not overly annoying. She doesn't have that super precociousness about her. She's a little sassy, and she—I mean—it's a good character. And Dennis Hopper is a crazy person. He's not a good actor. I don't know why people think he is, but you've clearly never seen Super Mario Brothers or True Romance. Or that. He's not a good actor. He's done. Super Mario. If you look, if you look at this man's IMDb, he is not a good actor. May he rest he in is peace. in some yes. crap movies, and but a lot of people like him because they think that he's. A lot of people think he's the best part because he's hamming it up and obviously having a good fun with his character. Although I wish he was a little more menacing. Well, see, but but Helen, Helen. Oh, yeah, let's get back to her. She's terrible. She's terrible. She's very terrible. And I think, and she hasn't really done very much. I think she's pretty just terrible in general. Wow. But so but she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> if she does, she's she can... beautiful. But she was my least favorite character. <laughs> All right, so we find her. <laughs> so we find her, and we are introduced to her character. We're introduced to Enola. We see a flash of the tattoo. She runs the bar. That bar, the store, the whatever. Store. The store with, with store. nothing in it. Now. Yeah. Which I thought was weird because when he rolled up, they said the flag's down, we're not trading. But then when we go to the store, they don't have anything. Yeah, they have a tomato plant with one tomato plant. <laughs> Which is probably and why... Water. And water. Well, why were they turning away traders if they didn't have anything? Cause Maybe they, they don't have anything have to anything. trade with, but then they're just going to die if they don't take stuff in. <laughs> I know. But uh, That's economics right there. But then we also meet Nord... Who's the bad guy with the really great hair? I kept calling him the lion guy. Yeah. He does look like the guy from Beauty I didn't know he had a name. <laughs> He's Nord. Like these they have there's terrible character names in here. Like Kevin Costner's just the mariner. That's we got Helen, no last name. Enola, well, Helen of Troy. No yeah. last name. The crazy guy in the balloon, old Gregor. Gregor. I love he's, him. He's building. He's my old second Gregor. most favorite. But character. I love I old Gregor. He's been in a bunch of stuff that you look and you go, ah, him. I yeah. especially. I like him. My favorite movie he's ever done, Patch Adams. He's Rudy, the guy of Red Squirrels. 
It's my favorite thing. Well, this dude's I have actually seen that nuts. movie. He also is deceased. Died at the age of 50. May he rest in peace. Poor guy. Yeah. But uh, then you got the guy that at the gate that is like, you know who I am? And he's like, yeah, I know, I know what you are. He's only listed as enforcer. Oh. Could be worse. Could be informer. Well, that's and, true. And make you boom, boom down. But he's, you know, he saves Kevin Costner when they find out he's a mutant. Mm-hmm. It saves him from killing him in mob justice, but then lets him be recycled. Do they actually call him a mutant? They call him Muto. Muto. Because I don't think they're allowed to use the word mutant. Nah. I Even thought, back then. I kept calling him Riker because he reminded me of Riker from Star Trek. <laughs> and by the way, the way, I love the idea of mutant. Well, I'll tell you what. He reminded me of, like, he seemed really familiar, and I checked his IMDb, and he's been in a lot of crap. Yeah. Lots of crime dramas. Like, oh. crap, like CSIs and Law and Orders and that kind of oh. stuff. Bones. I think he was in an episode of Bones. You might, that There's might a be. lot of people been in one episode of every one of those yeah. shows. So, so can we talk about this mutant thing for a second? Now, how do you feel about there being a mutant? I personally love that. Because in a world where there's nothing but water, you know, life always finds a way is what they say. And life's found a way by giving people gills, or at least this guy. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about there being mutants in this movie? Thanks, Ian Malcolm. I liked it. I, I thought it was funny that they called it a fluke of evolution because it's not. It's evolution. <laughs> I also liked it, and I think that's one of the things this movie does really well, is it shows it's a kind of a realistic thing that something would evolve. Eventually, you take a step yeah. forward, right? In 200 years, but... Oh, yeah, no. I'm not going to get into it, but I'm just saying it's, it's a little it, fast, but for the story, it's cool. Yeah. And I don't, I don't understand why they... I don't know. I guess people in tribal communities are going to get scared about things but I think it's a good thing mm-hmm. you know but well, th- yeah, I think they want to kill them <laughs> yeah they're, they're going to kill that which is different yeah. they, it wanted, was, they wanted to see right, at like, first but and then not, they find out he's a mutant and he can bring like, water not that scene. are you serious like I bet yeah. in hindsight the like, Neanderthals can go back and find humans and be like oh we should probably kill them they, yeah. they would have fared better yeah <laughs> so Watch out for uh, watch out for people with gills. I guess. Mm. But yeah, that's like funny. It. They thought maybe he was a spy, and then they found out he was a mutant, and it made me wonder which would be worse. And the other according guy to spy. them, people, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, because Nord. they seem to think that the mutant was, was the biggest threat to their safety. Yeah. But really, he just wanted to go back to the water. <laughs> just for the yeah. <laughs> but I would think a spy would be way worse. I would do. Mm. So our. I wish there had been other examples of mutants. Yeah. And maybe we could understand why they thought it was bad. If somebody, yeah, if something had happened and there was a little bit. Maybe in the Water Wars, the mutants tried to take control. Maybe. And we had to put them down. The mutos, if you will. Yes. So maybe, yeah, maybe they had like Wolverine with gills and. So they find out he's a mutant. Suckers on their arms. Yeah, like. But uh, I think I mean, it does a great, like building the Mariner character. It's you know it does, it shows that he's just really not accepted. That kind of puts that why should he care about them? They don't care about us. It really helps goes to build the kind of character of whatever this guy is. Yeah, he was a you know he's a Mariner. He's not a good he's not a good Mariner. I would say he's a sub Mariner. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Huh? Rex. So, huh? we got Nord, the lion tamer. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny, but the Submariner thing now? <laughs> <I know. laughs> There's a Apple sticker on your coffee mug, by the way. 
Um, <laughs> Audience, if you want to know, I'm drinking some coffee out of this thing, and there's a New York uh, um, orange sticker on here. Thanks for pointing it out. You're welcome. Um, <clears throat> so Nord leaves in the middle of the night because he spied Enola's tattoo, which apparently everybody just knows she's the chosen one. There's and now a, the whole movie but, is all about how they all have it, to get it. It's her. funny because usually in a sci-fi fantasy movie, when you have the chosen one, the one that's going to lead you to the dry land... They usually talk about that prophecy seven times, so you know what it is. Yeah. Here, they don't really, like... He hears about it from the guy who seems <laughs> like, like a drunk, but... Like, yeah. no one cares. There's He's not, not a lot drunk. Of, there's <laughs> not a lot crazy. of setup beforehand. Like, they talk about it afterwards, because they mention it, like, six times afterwards. But usually you get a, at least one mention, like that beginning voiceover, perhaps, mm -hmm. there should have been... Mention people there. have been waiting for yeah. yeah the one child with the tattoo on their back and who tattoos a child and when did this kid get a tattoo yeah when did this kid get a tattoo I don't know I mean I got a tattoo back when I was younger and it has distorted yes <laughs> so if she got a tattoo when she was an infant and she's what how old is she now we don't know eight ten well, something like that somewhere between eight and ten <laughs> it would have stressed no you got a mess you would think unreadable. Let's call split the difference. Call her nine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. But yeah, you know what? I think I'm just digging a little bit too deep into the movie again. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm you know. Don't it, research. It, well, she said it was a think piece. I know. It is a little bit of a think piece. Usually, well, they mention that a couple times. So it's a think don't. piece that you're not supposed to think about. The thing you're supposed, supposed to be thinking to think about, about about that. There you're are parts you're supposed about to think about. The Mariner. The focus is. The Mariner. And that's what makes it so good, is that character and how he changes and how he grows. So right. Nord sneaks out in the middle of the night to go tell the smokers. Meanwhile, Kevin Costner's in a birdcage. Hmm. And so the the next day, they decide that they're going to murder him, mm -hmm. recycle him to feed their tree, which I guess is really a creepy thought. Well, so I guess you want to keep the tree going. you got to feed the machine. I know. Um, but so... They're luring him to his death, and then the smokers show up, which is good, because we're already, you know, we're still in that opening kind of act, and this is already the second instance of the smokers. We know, you know. And we know everybody's afraid of him because they ring the bell, and they, smokers, get out of the light, or get out of the sun, or whatever it is they say. And they're called smokers, and smoking is bad. And we see, and they come, <laughs> and they attack, and it's a pretty good attack scene. It makes... Good tactics. Interesting use of their resources that they have left. I, I enjoyed it quite right. a bit. It's, it's the Road Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good... And it is a good Road Warrior kind of thing, because it's... You know what it really needed? Tina Turner to pop out of nowhere and be like, <laughs> Welcome to Thunderdome! <laughs> or, or, or Lord Humongous. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, they had Dennis Hopper, and he was trying his best, but yeah. it wasn't great. Well, he was coming off of speed at this time, so he was red hot. Yeah. But, yeah, so... I guess he had too many thumbs in this movie. <laughs> But okay, yeah. So, anywho, you, you totally derailed my thought process. If you want me to keep this going, <laughs> you got to be careful of that. Thank you. So, smokers are attacking. They they yes. attack, and it's a pretty good adventure scene. I mean, I like this attack. I like the tactics, how it works. I like how the plane had the guys on the, you know, on the water skis. Yeah. And they took them over the wall. I like that. I thought that was With good. the ramps? Yeah, because the ramps yeah. happened to be there perfectly. Well, I thought I thought they brought them in. <laughs> no, they did bring the ransom. Oh, I must have missed that part. <laughs> Those came with them. I must have missed that part several times. Just. But so. <laughs> My fault. So Helen goes to the Mariner and says, "If we release 
you take us with you, and he says, okay. Because what choice does he have? Yeah, right? <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to be recycled. <laughs> so they get out, and they kind of have a, that, you know, your typical stressful, just escape by the skin of our teeth at the last second. Mm -hmm. And I do like how he harpoons the gunboat and turns and spins it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, here's my question, is what dumbass gunman do you have that not only, okay, I get that they move you, why do you keep firing as you're moving into your own people? Because he can't see. That's the impression I got. He has those goggles on, and they're covered in black soot. He cannot see. Okay, so... And they again, yelled at him to stop. His name's Chuck. But he can't, and he can't hear. hear. Well, he goes by Charles. Yeah, he might go Actually, by Charles. This is... Like, completely that was a, explained. No, this no, is no. completely 100%. Yes, but if explained. I'm the gunman and I'm shooting and all of a sudden, shit, I'm moving, I better stop. I want to be but sure you're in the water. It's vibrating. You're always moving. <laughs> how would you even know? Because the whole boat is vibrating. <laughs> All right, you know, must not know much about being a gunman here, so that's true. Um, you want to see what you're shooting at because if you shoot your people, that's bad. How many times have you sat in a boat and fired two machine guns? Thousands. I, I can, how, I can <laughs> tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. Never. Oh, so how do you know if you would be able to Especially feel a small boat, a like gentle, that. like he's like the boat's vibrating? And it's gently turning, and it's pretty slow. Yeah, so spray and pray. Got it. Go ahead. I think that I that's perfectly that plausible. That was their whole method anyway. Spray yeah, right? <laughs> Which seems wasteful, but that leads me to believe well, that they're very at the end of their resource. And then as Hopper says, I hate sails. They're wasteful I've people. plenty of bullets. They're wasteful people. But that's true. And this is where Dennis <laughs> Hopper... bullets are expensive. They were spending a fortune. Loses yeah. his eye. He does. Which is also great. <laughs> I want to thank the makeup but, people for that. It looked pretty good. So they escape. So Costner escapes, and they this great rotating boat thing, and they get away, and it's fantastic. And you kind of get to see, for the first time, his boat, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Yes, it is a cool More boat. on that boat later. More yeah. cool. Now, or now, everybody wants want. to talk about it. I don't know. I just think his boat is cool. I, I thought his boat was very cool. I liked how he like all the pieces were hidden, and there's pop-up. And there was more space down below than you really thought there would be. This doesn't really look like there's anything down there. And then you go down there like, oh, there's a whole room. Well, it's automated so that one person can run the whole rig, you yeah. know, which is ideal for him. I love the net parts. Yeah. So he can just throw stuff on there. He doesn't have to worry about breaking anything. He just yeah. lands in the nets. Yep, so... And I like the use of, like, you can see the gears and the pulleys, and it's not just, like, old boat technology. It's... Or I should say, old Earth boat technology, wow. like the fifteen thirties before Waterworld. Before Waterworld. <laughs> well, yeah, old before Earth the Industrial Revolution. Yeah. But like, the there's Pluto pulleys stuff, and really gears, weird. and I mean, it's more advanced, which shows the remnants of, you know, the destroyed technology from when the world so, sank. So yeah, he's a smart guy. He's one smart cookie, that Mariner. He's a smart gentleman, Guppy. He's a smart sushi. Um. But he doesn't want the ladies. He wants to get rid of them. Well, yeah, he kind of wants well, to get rid of them. They're right, annoying the crap out of them. Well, 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 part of it is is they don't have enough supplies. Right. Mm -hmm. there's, there's three people going to starve to death as opposed to one person being okay. So our hero decides to throw a child off the yeah. side of the boat. Which is awesome. Well, why does he care about a little kid? Because he's the chosen one. And she's a lot more work he to take care of than an adult. And why does he care about dry land? He's got gills. That's, That's true. true. And then we get that great scene where Helen takes her clothes off with just a snap of her fingers. She's Which, 
and it, all I the clothes fell off. Because I was like, wow, that was a flimsy dress. Just boop, and that's it. But then later, she's wearing like a shirt. Like and you pants. would have to yeah. untie <laughs> it. <laughs> but also, but, but, but here's the what, best part is when he's like, nah, <laughs> I don't. No, I think you. he cops a feel first, though. He does. He does. Like, but he she's like, like was funny. she goes like, like oop, and then. flinches like, and oh, then God, he's, like, he's touching me. He's like, you ain't got nothing I want. Now, here's what's funny about that. Which I think is a good Real world here. Um, flinches at you. Triple horn there didn't want to get naked, so that's a butt double. Yeah. So somebody walked around yelling, I'm going to be Gene Triple Horn's butt. <laughs> nobody said that because nobody wants to be Gene Triple Horn's butt. Somebody did. Like, that was oh, someone's no. big break. If they, I could they be her butt, I'd be pretty business. happy. <laughs> it was a pretty nice looking butt. You missed my say. joke. They cracked into the movie business. Oh. Being a butt double. Oh. See what it did there? They cracked in. Mm. These are the jokes, folks. <laughs> We're getting behind on this uh, podcast. Goodness, goodness, goodness. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he tells her no. He says, you ain't got nothing I want, which is a great line. Like, that's cold right there. That's some stone cold stuff. He's like, he cops yeah. that feel, sees her flinch, and is like, ooh, this bitch. And then just puts her down so great. It's it's really good. I liked it and a lot. And then she stands there naked holding, like, this mesh thing in front of her with a harpoon gun. You're gonna take me there. Yeah, like, I love how he drops the sailor. Like you, big moron. <laughs> I know, but and I like how that kind of and I'm. I, but I just like the way that Costner plays that and shows that this guy, he's not just somebody who's lonely and out and gonna take advantage of the situation. Mm -hmm. He has feelings. He's not a total bad, you know, like crazy person mm -hmm. like most of these people are. Because there's plenty of crazy going around and with all these side think characters. That the mutants are animals. Like, yeah. he would only respond to his urges in a more animalistic manner. And if you presented yourself like that in front of an animal, then he would. But, but it's this the start creates, of this... It makes his character more about his feelings and his personality and, and his character. what I like. It's this slow build through this character, mm -hmm. not necessarily all the other stuff, which is fun. But it's the slow build of seeing this guy's character. Which I think Costner does good. He does character pieces. A lot of his movies seem very mundane, but they're about this growth of this character. And even this one, which is a crazy sci-fi romp, so to speak, it <laughs> still is about this build. No, no, he said no to the romp, remember? Oh, goodness. Cha-cha-cha. All right. Cut to Dennis Hopper's new eye. <laughs> Deacon. His character's name is Deacon. And the which is great. Out, which is awesome. Well, there's something about the way they did the stitches that make it look like it has the world's craziest eyelashes. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> I got a very Batman uh, Joker gets his face rebuilt uh, scene. I like and I like the way the um the the what is it, the creature work, the makeup work mm -hmm. on that. It just it was gross. But not too hard to look at because mm -hmm. sometimes it's like I, just, I can't, I can't. Like uh, in the Batman movie, uh, with Batman, with the one with the Joker and Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent. <laughs> when they did Aaron Eckhart's face after he was burned, that'd be like, the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Thank you. I don't. Yeah. Good thing you're like, <laughs> it was so hard. It was hard to look it at. Was like hard it to was a little too creepy. It was great, but a little too creepy. This was gross, but not so gross you couldn't look away. Yeah, I, which liked I liked it. I, I thought, thought it was good. good. It was good for his character. Like, it gave him a reason to really not like this guy. It and did. Plus, he's a pirate. You need one eye missing. And then... Arr. Gotta yeah. have something. But then you see, like, the fun... Like, then you get to see the Foot Clan when he gets in that car and drives through the <laughs> ship. <laughs> which is 
hilarious and pointless and just great. And he's tossing cigarettes at people, but and they're like, Whoa. I want to know where are they getting the cigarettes? I don't know. I really don't understand. Right, see, look, you're thinking about it too much. I yeah. know, but if they don't have enough dirt to plant plants to for survival, where are they growing all the tobacco? Yeah. <laughs> look, where are, are they manufacturing the filters, and how do they have an endless supply of cigarettes? These are 200-year-old cigarettes. They're Ugh, probably really, really I've stale. never smoked a cigarette, but I thought there was a thing with that. Where there it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, when we were watching it, I noticed that in the 90s, smoking was still really, like, it was something that everybody did. It was way before all those anti-smoking laws everywhere. So, it seems realistic that there would, and still when there was a lot of smoking in movies. Like, now it seems so weird that they're smoking, but in 1995, I don't think anybody really noticed because it was so much a part. Everybody smoked. It's yeah. Smoking was everywhere. And that's and one of the And maybe it was like, when they were starting to say, it's bad. And then yeah. it could well, be yeah. like a propaganda thing, like Probably. the bad guys are the yeah. smokers. That's when it was always the Ravs, you know, <laughs> Russians, Arabs, and villains. But, you know, this was when you could still smoke in restaurants everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, Only bad guys. Smoking smoke. sections. So now, then, now you're only allowed to smoke in your home under a blanket between the hours of 2 and 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you smoke under a blanket? That's I don't know. I didn't write terrible fire. Don't call your congressman. <laughs> okay, so... All right. So then we go back... So we get to see the life of the smokers and Deacon and Norton, see kind of what's happening over there, and learn a little bit more about how they're all crazy. They live on a big oil tanker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not any oil tanker. Well, this oil tanker special. Yeah. We'll get to that. Oh. They also talk about gojutes, so we know that there's oil, and they do discuss refinement, so we know that they refine their own crude oil, which is kind of interesting. They take the time to mention it so you're kind of not wondering you right. know, how they don't tell you where they they're getting say the they from. have enough for two lunars but I don't have any idea how long well I'm guessing lunar is a lunar cycle yeah <laughs> month because there's about lunar that, yeah. months yeah okay there's about two months but I wrote that how long is two lunars two months ish or like a lunar cycle is more like 28 <clears throat> days and I did read in the in an early draft of the script they wanted to have two moons that would have been weird. Yeah. Which would have helped with well, explain the reason why there's so much water. The yeah. gravitational pull and why the water. water yeah. Even if the solar ice caps melted, yeah. it wouldn't cover the world but that much. The, no. Oh, of course not. But if there were two moons, then it... <laughs> the gravity I, could affect yeah. the water. Yeah, then all but of a sudden... But then it would have been better to just set it in a fictional mm. water now we're, world. Yeah, now it's As opposed to a post-apocalyptic water true. world. Then you can't relate to it, because oh, who cares? That's yeah. So then we go back to the Mariner and his harem... <laughs> it's a, one woman and a little kid. It's not a harem. Well, that's what that other crazy, crazy drifter says. says. But we're not quite there yet because next let's ignore we get, that guy. They Dennis Hopper sends out the guys in the plane to find him. Okay, mm -hmm. so this is this great scene with the airplane. Fun trivia fact: the pilot is Jack Black. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he's said in the, that. He's in the movie a couple times. Actually. Kung Fu Panda himself. But uh, or Schneebly from School of Rock. <laughs> I like this scene because. It just shows how stupid Helen is and how she mm -hmm. should be just kicked off the boat. He should keep Enola and just get rid of Helen because she's dumb because she almost fucking kills them. Because she shoots the yeah. harpoon into the airplane and then yeah. the airplane can't fly Because she away. assumes that he's a coward, and is and, which he's not, which he clearly isn't. He's killed a bunch of people. He's Hey, he's a tough dude. He threw a little kid off the side of a boat. I know. Well, he didn't know she couldn't swim. 
Yeah, because in a world where there's nothing but water, why would one assume that you could swim? We haven't gotten to that part yet. <laughs> well, actually, we do. She, we find out she can't swim, and then the airplane came. Oh, okay. But I, that's I fine. But how come she can't swim? Because she was born on dry land. I know, but does that mean that you're inherently can't regular swim? Regular people, every other, everybody else. Is born knowing how to swim? Is that well? Evolutionary well evolutionary actually, most babies yeah. are born. So, because she was born on dry, does nobody ever think that they could teach her how to swim? Well, maybe there was just no water for her to swim in. To, I think it's supposed to show sub subtext that the dip, that she's the only person who can't swim because she can't. Because obviously they've tried to teach her, but she can't because she's from dry land. She's like a land lover. Something biologically different about her because she was born on dry land. It gives her a flaw. It's not. She's the girl with the dragon tattoo. It's it just it makes her different. Overcomes. <laughs> well, but, not till she meets her close. fish friend. Yeah. All right. Well. But so we get the cool airplane scene, which is great because she harpoons the gunner, and then they get the whole flying top thing. Yes. Empire Strikes Back. I did like that That's scene. That's what I was thinking yeah. too. <laughs> Either that or um, Avengers good, or uh, Captain America. Yeah, Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah, Civil War was it. The Civil yeah. War stole it from Waterworld and Empire. <laughs> That's what they did. I think they were paying homage to Disney because, you know. To Waterworld because it's Disney a way good movie and people should pay homage to it. <laughs> yeah, that too. But anyways, I, it's a good scene. It's a, I like the physics of it. I like the way that it was done. Actually, my I think problem, that scene was kind of like, fuck you, physics. My problem with the... When the pilot is trying to shoot the harpoon rope or whatever it was, and he's shooting directly behind him, somehow he almost hits the mariner like four times. But he's not shooting that way, which you, I know you can't see me, but he's shooting directly yeah, he's behind shooting the plane. At no point is the boat directly behind yeah. the plane. I don't yeah. know. That was the only thing where I was like, doesn't he have a knife? <laughs> well, they, they make the bad guys extremely incompetent in the movie. That's, that's, true. that's, that's how bad guys of, are. Yeah, that's the point of it. Yeah. But the, you understand the why they are after you see exactly. where they come from. Yeah. But so, then, after the airplane, we get Crazy Trader. Who oh, is yeah, the Crazy Drifter. The Crazy Drifter. Who, yeah. that guy is in all kinds of stuff, too. Yeah, yeah. The guy who wanted 45 minutes with the with the little one. His name is creepy, creepy bastard man. He needed well, to his, go. The actor's name is Kim Coates. Uh huh. But I think um, he did a good job with it though. I loved how he kept yeah. repeating everything and you're like, wow, like this a, guy is bonkers. Yeah, he plays a really good crazy guy. <laughs> Which I think kind of shows the difference between. I mean, he's obviously someone who's out on the water all by himself, and this is the second kind of traitor out on the water that we've seen. We got the guy in the beginning who stole the limes, and we got this crazy guy. So we're kind of being shown that these people are not all there and the contrast between Costner's I hate everybody but I'm not terrible mm -hmm. and their crazy every man for themselves kind of thing is good. Well he does the whole anti-hero thing he's got his own code and follows it. And this is where he starts to you know he's showing that he's actually starting to care about them because he sells Helen mm -hmm. and he then changes him. Thank you. <laughs> he rents he her out for 30 some paper. Well, and she was 
my least favorite character. Very much so. So you were okay All with over my notes, I hated her. I hated on her. It's How horrible. dare she get mad at him because her kid rode on his boat? How dare she yeah. get mad at him well, because he's not treating her kid as well as she thinks? Well, I don't have kids. I don't have to treat your kids. with If they come into my house and start drawing on my walls, don't get mad at me when I get pissed off. I, that's all I can say about that. But... I was still was like, ooh, and when he told her, I still was like, I hate her, but... Mm. Yeah, that was just me. Why are you going to sell a person? I know. It was really terrible. But I would have... If I I would have totally supported if he threw her ass off the boat and floated away. <laughs> but I had a problem with him selling her. <laughs> but, uh... But he changes his mind. And then we get... And then he just... Willy nilly murders that dude. No, no, that guy pulled the knife first. Okay. Yeah, but he did. The guy pulled the knife first and was pointing at him. But there was no way that wasn't ending in murder. That wasn't murder. That was mutual. Well, combat. Mariner, Mariner, or, Mariner did go back on a trade, which yeah. which they make seem like you don't do that. Yeah, which so is real. Yeah, well, it still wasn't murder. It was mutual combat. That guy pulled the knife first, so it was self defense technically. But I, I mean, and when he was, just when he changed his mind, he knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to have to fight that guy to the death for this bitch he doesn't even really like. No, he gave him the option of leaving. Which you're not really sure how he died. Stabbed in the back. But he's not stabbed in the back, though. He's he, has got like that. A, he has a slick of blood. It's really like, weird looking. I feel like maybe, because he had like the kookery or whatever, yeah. and I feel like there was a slash there to the spine. That won't but, kill you, though. He had a stab in. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> it very ambiguous. Look, it doesn't look very yeah, well. The visual really was slashes. good, but the... <laughs> but the anatomy does not work out. Well, hey, again, you're thinking too deep into yeah. it, okay? <laughs> but Water no, the world. point is, the point is that this is the scene that shows that he's starting to care about them as people. Mm-hmm. That he realizes, like, you know, that I they might be annoying, but I care about them. They've been with me for so long, and even though she just ruined my boat, mm-hmm. and I loved, I loved. How he cut their hair off. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. Yeah. Even though they just ruined the my hair? boat. I'm just, I'm gonna... Well, he take some down a notch. Who has long hair on the high seas, though? Like, Pirates. the lion Nord with his lion's mane? How is he conditioning that? Johnny, That's what I want. Excuse me, Johnny Depp had long hair and he was a pirate. Alright, so whatever. So they murdered the crazy traitor, which I... Mutual combat. Thank you. And then... They're complaining. She's still complaining about eating, which you think this would be a problem for him as well. So, you know, maybe you should be more nice about it. It struck me how in the beginning when he was saying we're going to have to throw the girl over, she said, I'm just not going to drink for 12 days. But now she's all worried about food. Well, she's and I'm hungry. like, you're yeah. you're hungry, but you don't need water. <laughs> she's not going to drink for twelve days, but that probably lasted only twelve. Days. And if it's yeah. really only been twelve days, it's not like she's starving to death. <laughs> I think you'll die if you don't eat in twelve days. Really? Yeah. I Without I mean, was it? They say like was a it week. a week for? Yeah. Uh, is it a week? It's for a week water? for food. No, it's a week for food and like three days for water. Yeah. No, water's a, a lot. Water. It's longer than that. You can live for like three weeks if you have water but no food. Depending well, on your I'm not willing weight. to test this, and yeah. I haven't Googled it, so we're yeah. just going to skip I'm, over that I think and keep it's on going. Than that. All, right. But. All right, so anyways, so 
Then we catch the fish. I love that. Where Kevin Costner uses himself as bait. I was starting to think that there were no sea creatures because they haven't talked about them. They haven't (laughs) done any fishing. They haven't, when we've seen the water, we have seen no, when the jet skis and stuff are underwater, we have seen no fish. And I was like, did this apocalypse with the ice caps melting kill all the sea life? I don't think it would. Which, which they talked about in one of the trivia things. They talked about because all the polar ice caps melting, they're all fresh water. And, they, and you get this influx of fresh water into seawater. It, it might would kill change. Some of the fish it would kill a lot. Like that, but we don't know. Also, most of the life. Yeah. Don't think it too much. Most, yeah. of the, most sea life is around the coral reefs. But coral reefs only happen in shallow waters. So yeah. they would have been killed. The reefs would have died off during. The then I, I guess I'm kind of expecting to see like whales jumping. I or feel like it would. <laughs> I feel like it would have taken a long time for the the population of the seas to come back. I think that which be okay. makes that giant fish. Yeah, 200 years is just not enough time for this evolution. You're missing the point. Kevin Costner used himself as bait, which was which and awesome. jumped out of the animal. It was awesome. <laughs> which was very awesome. It was like okay, let's talk about the weird fish. No, let's talk about the fact that Kevin Costner hung out, wait for something to eat him, and then cut his way out of it. Mm. See, this movie is great. <laughs> like, that scene is awesome. He's very awesome. badass. <laughs> it's like, I wouldn't do that. If some girl I barely like was like, I'm hungry, I would be like, all right, but let me go be bait here. I'd have stuck her ass at the back of the boat. And then you can just, and, you know, then there's the sweet moment where she, you know, he feeds them. They're starting to maybe have feelings for each other, friendly feelings, not like romantic feelings, but Catching friendly feelings. feelings. Yeah, hey, when that happens. And Enola draws in the picture of the three of them kind of looking like a happy little family. Which, and the other thing, like while they're eating the fish, and she says that she wishes that she had feet like his, because maybe then she could swim, Mm -hmm. is I think a really great line in it, because it shows that she doesn't see him as some kind of creepy old mutant. She's not repulsed by him. And and that she's even envious of the things that make him so different. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a nice through the eyes of a child kind of thing. It, That's you know. right, because children are innocent. <laughs> I also believe that the children are. They teaches her how to swim, and then the ne- yeah, the next day he teaches her how to swim. Which, as somebody who has kids, it's like that perfect daddy daughter moment. Was it? It was. It's I'm not. sorry, I don't have kids. It almost seemed like these two are gonna become a couple. Like, no. it seemed like it, it I didn't almost get that at all. got okay. a little <laughs> creepy. I think, <laughs> no. I, think, I think it went on a little I, I long. Didn't, I, didn't get, I didn't get that at There's, all. To me, it just seemed a little... No. It was a little well, and that might be because you don't have kids. But, like, for me, that is the quintessential daddy-daughter thing. Like, when you have kids and you are with them, you do these things that you just want to make them happy and to have them laugh and smile. So he's teaching her how to swim because you live in Waterworld and this is important. Yes. And she showed that she wanted to be more like him. So he's feeling the acceptance. So he teaches her how to swim, but more than that, they're playing. And he's probably never played before, ever. He probably played with the other fishes. <laughs> what what other fishes? fishes? <laughs> he has no people. The ones that didn't need him. But, well, maybe. But... You, there's this being childlike and playing and stuff. There's no... I would never have read Creep Vibe in Oh, see, I got Creep Crazy I, Trader? I thought it was a, super creep. I thought it went on a little long. Because if you watch watch it again, we get it. 
you know, we're doing the the, the, the father daughter thing, and that's that's really the only relationship in the whole movie that I enjoyed. Well, the movie's only two hours and ten minutes, fifteen minutes long. They needed to stretch it out a little bit. To maybe. me, to me, it is, <laughs> maybe it's a really enjoyable relationship, and it's yeah. like the stuff with Helen. I don't care about Helen, was and I don't poorly. feel like they need. She's a bad character, but and it's just not worth. But I like part, the actress, which, and I think is why she's not a good actress because you the. Girl that plays the kid and Kevin Costner, they're good actors. That relationship builds and you can see and it's the central plot and the whole reason that he goes to save her later and you can see it build and grow. But I like don't think, I don't think Helen should be there. I don't think she, she doesn't be. do any she doesn't add anything to the plot. She doesn't add anything she to the story. The only thing by she adds fish. is the we're making a movie, there has to be some sort of sexual yeah. tension. That's the only thing she Because it is the night. She like, I wrote in my notes, cue obligatory sex scene. There has to be yeah. some sexual element. I don't necessarily feel that way, Look, but it seems yeah. like... I don't see nothing wrong does. with a little bump and grind. Mm. <laughs> so then, we get smokers again. Uh-huh. They're everywhere. When we go to that refueling station or whatever, the, the tree, tree people, barter, the barter Joe's. station, the Portuguese tree people. Just yeah. where we get Portuguese. the big scene with Captain Joe Hazelwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, we're not there yet. I get That's, from ahead. We got another. This is something I like about the movie too. Is it's not like initial fight with smokers, smokers kidnap girls, blow up tanker. There's all these little interactions where they keep getting away and you keep seeing different tactics. I like that. I like, I like how them. I just think they're not put in a, in a very good order. If you watch them, they think they're in, in bad orders because it's, they're a little too quick. And we're treating it like... Like in, in a, like a Mad Max movie, it's like, okay, look, we're driving away from you. Okay, well, we're driving 60 miles an hour. We're gone in like two days. You don't get that kind of speed in the sea. You know what yeah. I mean? There'll be a scene where it's like, hey, the smokers attacked us. And then five minutes later, they're like, okay, well, let's go swimming under the water. And like, well, they're right there. <laughs> like, they're not that far away. And I think that some of the editing of some of that and some of the way that they did it yeah. was a little bad. They could have got a little more time. It but, didn't, but, I, but I do like all the scenes, too. It I didn't like how it seem to me, I didn't get that tension between, like, they're trying to outrun the smokers. It just didn't seem like, like that to me. Like, when the smokers are talking about them, like, he's not going to change his heading because he's a wily one. You don't get the impression from him that he really cares about them. Like, he doesn't seem like he's trying to get away. Well, <laughs> at, the end of the day, at the end of the day, he can tell everybody to F off and he can jump in the water and swim forever. He doesn't care. He doesn't need yeah. the boat. The boat's really just there so that he can give this facade he that he's a traitor. He likes the boat. And he likes having no, stuff. No, no, I know, but at the end of the day, he just needs the boat. Everybody else needs to float. He doesn't. Everybody needs yeah. a place to well, float. Well, what's funny is that you haven't mentioned it yet, but um, she keeps the um, Enola steals his crayons, and he's very upset about that. So he so, loves yeah. his crayons. So he's that's what he up. needs to vote for. Otherwise, your crayons just go away. Okay, so they get there's the attack, and then they go to the city under the sea. So he's finally like, "You want to see dry land? I'll show you dry land." So they travel, and she says, they say something about it taking like a day or two to get there, so there was time elapsed, but they don't, yeah, you're right, the editing is there, it's not great. Yeah, did anybody but, else hear the little crab guy from Little Mermaid singing Under the Sea during the scene in their head? Or is it just no. me? You know, what's funny, Tony compared the Mariner to Ariel with her who's it's and what's it's galore, because all... <laughs> he does have a whole thing of just, he's got 20, you know? <laughs> just saying that there's comparison there, yeah. Little Mermaid. But so we see that there are cities underneath the ocean. Well, wait, but real quick, and I don't mean to slow it down, but Carly had a good point. Is what is that diving bell for? 
Who's that for? He doesn't need it. Well, it's for when he gets his, his trinkets and who's him a whopper, so you got to get uses, back up. But he uses the, the bubble things for that. Yeah, I got That's the little there. ones. Yeah, that's what I was like. I was just confused because he was concerned about how they weighed too much and they were going to use too many supplies, but then he pulled, he busts out this, where did it come from? And it's so big and it has to be heavy. I don't know, but the water pressure down there was probably oh, tremendous. Yeah. No. I didn't get into that. <laughs> and he didn't need it. It makes me wonder if he had taken it off another trader because... Maybe he got off weird, dude. Maybe. Maybe. That's possible. Because he wouldn't need it, but somebody else might. Yeah, he might be able to trade it. It might be some way they fish or some way they, you know. Yeah. Hmm. He no. might, it might have been something he just has collected because he doesn't seem like the type of dude Again. that throws anything away. That's Again, true. I think we're thinking too much here. <laughs> Maybe. The, the he seems like the type. Thinking. Like he took the shelves out of that store. He'll take fucking everything. Yeah. Hey, what was with the shelves? All right, never mind. He was going to take everything that wasn't nailed down. So maybe it's just something he had, and he happened to know yeah, how he, it was. He, I don't know. Maybe he stole it off somebody, and maybe. like that would be how people go it down to look for Like, if you things. think about it too hard, it doesn't make any sense, because there would only be so much air in that diving bell, too. That's yeah, not going to be long enough to go that deep and then come back up, but she's going to get the bends and be dead anyways. It, I was like, why does he have that? Yes, Where did is. it come from? <laughs> the bends? No. All right, so they come up, and of course, like... Everybody saw this coming. Of course, when they come up, the smokers have come. Like right there. Mm-hmm. They're like right there. And yeah. you didn't see them. He didn't see them at all. But whatever. When you're coming up from under the ocean, you didn't notice anything happening. It's all just... Yeah. Not a lot of sneaking up in 360 degree perfect vision. Well, they were under the water, though. They weren't when they pull up. Because he, he pulls and up the and they're like right there. He see <laughs> under the water. Well, <laughs> they're oh, already no. on the boat, though. Like, oh, I know. So, it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah, well. You, yeah. All right. So anyway. You think you would have noticed the shadows? You think. But obviously we're not looking up. Oh, hush. <laughs> so we get the smokers, and they trick the little kid into coming out of hiding. Yeah. And then they burn the boat. Yeah. And then we get some underwater makeout as he breathes for That's her. That's the weirdest makeout scene I've ever seen, I think. Well, no, he was breathing for her. I know, but it was a makeout scene. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I don't know. It's one of the things I did like is... Okay, so they bur- the smokers burn their boat, and she's all like, we're going to die here, aren't we? And he doesn't say anything. He just gives her this look like, yes. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking he's looking at her thinking, well, you are. <laughs> <laughs> and then she brings up how he didn't want to have sex with her, and, and he's like, because you didn't really want me. And then she kisses him. And their ki- the thing I like... The only thing I like about this is their kissing in this movie is so awkward. It is <laughs> like it's so, I noticed that too. Like it's so obvious he has never kissed anyone in his life. Or that he's not into kissing her. <laughs> or that <laughs> these, these two actors don't like each other. Well, Maybe. yeah, but but in another movie when the actress actors don't have any chemistry, it's really noticeable. But here I think it kind of works because he is has no interaction with other people. And the fact That's that it's true. so weird and awkward, I think kind of works. Whereas in, or maybe maybe it doesn't work, but maybe it's just not as noticeable or as jarring. Like when you're watching a romantic comedy and the people kiss and you're like, I bet they think of each other like brother and sister. Yeah, doesn't work. <laughs> but here that awkwardness kind of fits in with the character, so I don't think it's as noticeable that there's just no chemistry because Gene Triplehorn sucks. He can still have his V-card just because he's a mariner. This is where we find out about Captain Joe. Now, Captain Joe um, Hazelwood. We're on the the tanker now. See if you don't know who that is, you gotta like go ahead and explain who that is and why, why that's important. Why because, you? Because this is your damn thing. So we're watching the movie. Oh, we're watching the movie, and they're in the captain's quarters, and we see the picture of Captain mm-hmm. Joe Saint Joe. 
as Deacon calls him, Captain Joe Hazelwood, and John's like, I wonder if that is somebody. Like, somebody no, did the same I was like, thing. That's somebody. They don't make such a big deal about this person, and that's not anybody. And so I said, I don't know, and I Googled it. Mm-hmm. And he's so he. the captain of the Exxon Valdez yeah. during the oil spill. Right, 1989. That was the oil tanker that went sideways and spilled oil everywhere. Which is so? Why would there be oil in that some bitch? But but it's just there kind isn't of very a fun much now. Well, two looters. <laughs> but but it's just a really fun kind of thing. Yeah, it was kind of funny. Like it was, you could see where the writer of the movie was like, "Aha, stick it to the oil companies because they're the real devils." I actually that's what thought they did. subconsciously they put it in your uh, mind that that was one of the think bits. Yeah, environmentalism, anti-waste, and the head of the pirates is on this t- oil tanker. Yeah. That's right. So what you do in your mind, you see Exxon pirates. Pirates are bad people. Exxon equals bad people. Oil is bad. They're also mm-hmm. really dirty. Yeah, so oil is dirty. They're dirtying up the planet. Yeah. They're just. Well, that's every post-apocalyptic movie. You've got to be. If you're going to be in a post-apocalyptic world, you're dirty. Well, There's no soap. Some of them were remarkably clean. Really? Like Nord and his lion's made well, of Well, Nord hair. was, but everybody <laughs> else also, was dirty. And he was a smoker. He switched cigarettes for Perel. <laughs> also, it was funny because like before he chopped off their hair, Enola has... You know, braids, which seems serviceable and realistic mm-hmm. yeah. if you live in Waterworld, because your hair is covered in salt all the time. Right. But Helen's beautiful mane of hair, which uh, grows back very quickly, by the way. No. <laughs> I like how he didn't cut it all, and there's like that one piece that hangs down. It's cracking me up. <laughs> but so we get the Captain Joe, and then so we get some fun stuff, and then we get what I think is the best speech. Of the whole movie. Are you going to give the speech about the kids? I was going to, but I... Because oh, okay. I, I got a picture of it so I could read it because I thought it was really good. Okay, well... So they're talking about... So Deacon goes out to make his big speech, which mm-hmm. was weird and filled with some strange... Like, you get that why they call him Deacon because there's some weird Bible stuff thrown yeah, in there. Well, he's got a like troops. a religious yeah. figure. Yeah. Yeah. So he's a dictator with religious backing. Yeah, good. And one of the biggest <laughs> things in piracy is mutiny. And they seemed like they were getting ready to mutiny. All yeah. So and he he's like, oh, calm it down. Rile him back up. He's got to get him to simmer down now. Yeah. But so while they're doing that, then you get this Nord and Enola scene, which is great. And the doctor character who gave, who tried to give him that great eye, uh, asked what... Who has, like, oxygen and a cigarette (laughs) all the time. (laughs) I was told he should sound like an old, he's like, Stalin, we gotta have you. He's another one of those actors, when I looked at him, he's, like, in everything. I'm the doctor, so what we're gonna do He's been doing TV shows for forever, just bit parts and everything. Mm Mm-hmm. But so he asks Enola what's her name, and she goes, he doesn't have a name, so death can't find him. I love that. And then it goes, but it gets better. Doesn't have a home. Oh, there's more. People to care for. He's not afraid of anything, men least of all. He's fast and strong like a big wind, and he can hear a hundred miles and see a hundred miles underwater. He can hide in the, sh- in the shadow of the noonday sun. He could be right behind you, and you wouldn't even know it till you're dead. <laughs> It's just like... And she shoots also, fireballs from his arse. It's, just, it's such a great... Like, the way she delivers it is like a little kid telling another yeah. little kid a ghost story. And they, inter- and they interpose and it with just, the uh, montage of him killing and sneaking in and everything. Yeah. So it was, it was cool. Just, I liked that scene. 
it's a good speech and she did a good job with it like that actress is good she was a little she was a good kid actor mm-hmm. which there's not a lot of those and it hey, just what about was the like <laughs> and um and I not- stopped the show <laughs> Jake Lloyd <laughs> well I think Dakota Fanning is terrible yeah. what about um, Elijah Wood also a terrible kid actor he's much better now that he's growing Macaulay up Colin Culkin Boom! Um, All right. Ricky Schroeder. I like Ricky Schroeder. <laughs> but anyway, so Alyssa she does... Milano. This is just... Like, first of all, that's a great line. He doesn't have a name, so death can't find him. Love that's that. on my list of Which is really lines. good. Which, really, he doesn't have a name probably because nobody named him. Like, who <laughs> know, who knows what happened to his mom after she found out she gave birth to a mutant baby? They probably threw into mutant? the water. I mean, what happened? Yeah, we don't know. Well, that's not Where's usually how mutation people? goes, you know. I know. She probably had something, too. Maybe Dad had the web feet. Had a little she something. had the gills. Probably had a little like, something. where are all the Xavier mutants? Xavier found them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Xavier found them and brought them to that school. <laughs> I know. Where are all the mutants? Where are the survivors of the was water this, wars? Was it Stuart or McAvoy? But it's just like... <laughs> I'm on sugar. It's just such a great line. And then it's followed almost immediately by another really great line. Because when... So Deacon sends all the troops off and they pull out those oars which was fantastic wow wow, <laughs> which, wow. Which they put out the oars and the just big tankers being rowed yeah like an old style galley I thought that was great fun and Needed it was whips. just like and it made sense too because the whole we time sales but, <laughs> but the whole time you're like how they can't be wasting all of this oil on just ridiculous stuff. go juice go all the go juice but to show that they moved the big city by oars and they're really just using the go juice for like their couple the planes and the jet plays. skis. Yeah. It makes more sense that way. Not a lot of sense, but more sense than it otherwise would. Plus, it's just really fun to have them put the oars out the side. I like that. <laughs> but so then, so she gives this speech about how he's got no name. And then he comes walking up the empty deck. That was awesome. <laughs> and then Dennis Hopper gives his best line of the whole movie. Shouldn't you be rowing? No. <laughs> no. He's like Golly a turn. Gee, a single turn. <laughs> tear rolls down my cheek. That was one of my favorites. No, no. The best, his best line is he's like a turd that won't flush. <laughs> <laughs> he also yeah. refers to him as the gentleman guppy, which is he has some really good fish man yeah. insults throughout the whole movie. But this, he's like a turd that won't flush. It's hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah. So, <laughs> and I don't really think that this movie is comedic in any way. Yes, even though Dennis Hopper yeah. is hamming it up, and there's some funny bits interspersed. I really think this is more of a drama kind of a thing, and that's what Costner's good at. But this was just so fu- like you could just see how frustrated Deacon is that this dude is not. Well, also uh, dead. Also, um, Joss Whedon had to come in and do a. A uh, cleanup on the script, so he probably Joss Whedon's pretty good with humor. He probably threw well, a few. Yes, few that's lines. Joss Whedon. He Here's threw a, few, a Buffy fame. A few lines in there mm-hmm. to make it funny. Well, the thing about that is there's like the there's two writers credited on this right. movie. The first one build is this Peter Rader guy, whose most notable other thing is this TV movie Escape. To which mountain? Which I remember. Ouch! I remember I've heard of it, but I've never <laughs> seen it. <The laughs> but, okay. But the guy's only has like four writing credits, and one and the other most and the second most notable one after Waterworld is Escape to Witch Mountain. The other guy is David Toohey, who wrote The Fugitive, nice. Terminal Velocity, The Arrival, G.I. Jane, and eight pitch blo- or things in the Riddick universe. Wow. Starting with that's well, a lot of Riddick. <laughs> he wrote he wrote Pitch Black. 
And then he did mm-hmm. all the Chronicles of Riddick, all the Riddick movies, so we're including hold the latest one. <laughs> he did the stories for the video games, and there was like some animated, animated stuff. Which too. completely, which completely makes sense because you can totally draw parallels between yeah. Riddick and the main. So character. I kind of so think that, that maybe you can see it right they away. even have an, a close association with the child. Like Riddick also yeah. had a mutation. Yeah, yeah you talk eyes. about the yeah. rewrites. Wow. You talk about the rewrites, and I kind of think that maybe. It was maybe this Peter Raider's idea, and then David Tui came in and really made it a working yeah. concept. I had not heard and that then, before. wow, that really paints yeah. a picture. Even though honestly, yeah. Riddick wasn't a mutant, he had that shine job done in prison yeah. for yeah. for cool Pack of smokes. Yeah. In fact, one of the animated smokes. Riddick movies smokes. this guy smokes exactly. One of the animated <laughs> Riddick movies this guy did is set in the Supermax prison. So it might chronicle how he got those fucking eyes. It's really interesting. Mm. But yeah, so he I looked at that and I thought it was eyes. really... But Moving on. But yeah, so when you say that Joss Wheaton came in and did some rewrites mm-hmm. too, like I really think that this script went through some stages. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can, tell just, rewrites. You can tell just because of the, the pacing. It's not good. Like, there's but, good scenes, but it doesn't, doesn't work really but well. But he comes in. Mm-hmm. He's all suicidal. He drops the flare, which is into awesome. The oil. Because there's so I many movies where they do the bluff thing, and he's like, "No." And he's but like, this, he's like, "No, fuck, fuck it, die. You. And he just blows this whole. Thing. And, and he calls one. He's like, "You won't do it." And he's like, the "All right." Poor, <laughs> the poor old dude in the boat says, yeah. "Thank." <laughs> my favorite character in the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> he only has two lines, <laughs> or he only has two appearances. I love him. And when they the flare comes out, he's like, "Oh, thank God, <laughs> this hell is over." <laughs> well, he's, he has to sit in a in a in a um, sea he's in of the oil dark, all day. And he's in the dark all the yeah. time, and he goes up in this bright light. Like, Hello, it's <laughs> really good. And Dennis Hopper spits on him. That's yeah. weird. And he's like, "Thank you." I don't think they really feed him or give him any water. Well, I mean, he's just him, forgotten down there. And and the climax is pretty good. So the boat explodes, and he has to run through killing all these people. And Nord gets that good death because it looks like he's going to die in a car crash, which was dumb, but then he comes back. Yeah. And his gun don't work. Yeah. Classic movie trope, so then he dies. Yeah. And you're saying the good climax? You mean when Kevin Costner goes bungee jumping and everybody's not looking at each other? Let's talk about. Let's flip the whole sequence. Let's talk about that shot that Riggs couldn't make. (laughs) 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 That he's sitting on. That Hopper's sitting on a a freaking jet ski. Has this, I don't Hand know, gun. nail gun? <laughs> and he takes a shot from like 500 meters onto this rope and shoots out. It was amazing. See, the thing is, amazing I shot. feel like the movie should have ended. <laughs> I feel like the movie should have ended when they're floating away. Yeah. Like that second super rig shot yeah. and then the bungee jump into the water invented, on a rope that bungee is jumping, not elastic reinvented excuse me would you have bought that if he did the next thing like Murtaugh <laughs> maybe <laughs> also on a rope that was not was a bungee not cord, a bungee cord. <laughs> like, like, that would have killed like, him <laughs> I feel like that should have been edited out like it should have just ended with maybe Dennis Hopper on a jet ski, curse you, Aquaman. And then a big monster thing ate him. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. But no, they, they don't see they don't each other. Because they don't seem concerned about the or sea monsters Or he just dies all. in the explosion. Because there's plenty of explosion that he just dies. Like, or I he's feel just like left to float on a fucking jet ski. Now, <laughs> just now I, read, I read that somewhere there's a four-hour unreleased cut of this movie. So hmm. somewhere in all of that four hours that they cut down to two hours and 15 <clears> minutes... 
they really should have cut out that last scene. Like, that's, yeah, that's, that's something that should have gone. They should have left something else in, maybe showing how he got from Portuguese tree people to underwater city. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe, so... There's a lot, there's a lot of but, good in this movie. They just didn't put it together right. But, like, yeah. as... You know, that whole sequence, though, from the dropping the torch to the going through to the stopping the plane. Yeah. Twice this dude is taken out of plane. Yeah, there's there's yeah. only two planes left. Rescuing her, getting in the air balloon. That's a great sequence. Mm -hmm. They, okay. they should have stopped it. And honestly, I thought maybe Deacon was injured or killed in the plane crash. And yeah. then he comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it would have like, made sense. You you were unconscious thirty <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> they also Stop just like there's yeah. only so many people left alive, and they just killed like six hundred. Yeah, a huge number of people. So, but but yeah. so then they go and they find the map and they figured it out, and then Mount Everest. Well, yeah, if there's going to be land, it's got to be. Of when course. it looks like they're all about to die, then he sees the seagull, which right. is great. Which made me think. I never, I'm, this is something, I've never ever thought about it before, but this time watching it and they see the bird and I'm like, why is this the only fucking bird? <laughs> why was there no, why is nobody raising seagulls for their eggs on the atolls, feeding them little bits of dead old ladies? <laughs> well, because the birds aren't going to hang out there. There's nowhere. But if there's food, they would. Well, maybe, but you'd have to get a I bird just, there. I just feel the birds like birds are land. It's like in the Bible with Noah and the dove and stuff. It's like there's got to be like land around for a been, bird to hang out. It's there like might a, have been birds in the beginning that they the were raising. Like people used to raise like doves and cages. Maybe like, they I ate feel them all. like that's yeah. a missed opportunity as a possible. Well, which you're, which what's really important. Although here, they probably have plenty of protein with their recycled people stew. Yeah, what's really important here is that they get to dry land finally, and Kevin Costner sees horses and freaks the fuck out. Yeah, that would freak me the <laughs> fuck out. Yeah. He's like, I gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. They yeah, get there, he's like, out. he's like, I gotta go. Which makes sense. He was never gonna stay there, but there should have been slightly more conversation about I'm gonna go bring other people or something like that. Because obviously, that's got to be what he's gonna do: is go find other people. And leave he's them. gonna I'm come back. He's gotta like, come back. There's fresh water yeah, there. There's food back. there. He's gotta go back. I just like the hey, Enola, come in here and check out your dead parents' bones. <laughs> That's a little weird. And then she and how didn't bother her at all. Like my music box is exactly yeah. how it like. Yeah, there's the like papers, papers on, on the, the table <laughs> that didn't blow away in the years of well, hurricanes. Yeah, well, well, can you, you imagine say what was, the hurricanes are going to be? They figured out rain the, yeah. once the yeah, entire yeah, movie, so which true, was yeah. really suspicious. That's true. But you can't. It's such a. There's but no it's a storms. good movie. I don't. We can't pick it apart. It's good. Yes, but what you didn't say was that the old crazy dude who had the big hot air balloon. He found the tattoo and figured out that if you use the Japanese language or some kind of thing, kanji, yeah. and you invert the, I don't want the numbers, well, let's that's not, how you get it. The mariner's the one that told him the poles have changed. Let's not yeah. talk about water maps. <laughs> <laughs> I have a map of the earth that's water. What are you using as like, any kind of any kind of <laughs> point of reference? Yeah. They never, the stars. <laughs> and they're like, he's trying to change his heading, or he's going here. Yeah. Like, how the like fuck do you No, they need to be... That's the thing. Is like you can navigate by the stars. Well, that's, that's a true. real thing, yeah, and they don't. Yeah. Well, that's Polaris. how they used no, to no, do no, it. Saying, like, but they also thing. used land references and stuff and stars. It wasn't just. Hey, I know. Here's the Big Dipper. Let's all go hey, left. Hey, hey, stop overthinking. I know. I know. But and and he uses longitude and latitude, but it yeah, doesn't make yeah. sense. Because yeah. there is. And the poles are flipped. But 
but how do you know where you are on the longitude and exactly. latitude? <laughs> Just you're right, but but because you don't know the date to line up where the star like yeah, yeah. but we can't bring stop overthinking in this lunar. But as that guy said, Jeremy in the Amazon review, it's fiction. It doesn't all have to make sense, and a lot of it does though. <laughs> like they do make an effort to explain things. They try. It doesn't all make sense, but they do try, which is better than a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. And I think it's good though. Like the character of the Mariner is a good character, and the story, if you look at it as if it was the Mariner comic book, and this was a comic book run of the Mariner, it makes a lot of sense because you can't I can really see it as a comic book, <laughs> graphic but novel. The yeah. thing that people, I feel like people are thinking that it's going to be more, it's more about the confrontation between trying to find dry land and the pirate people, but you really have to look at it as this is, the the focus is the Mariner and his life, and if you look at it more than that, it's a really good movie. He grows. He starts out as a loner that hates everyone ends up with a person he cares about. He's mm-hmm. a good anti-hero, if you will, for the 90s. And he, that was big. I mean, he's kind of got a family because there's no telling he didn't knock up Helen with a little mutant baby. Yeah, I thought about that too. So you know he's going to be back just to even make sure. <laughs> Flipper baby. Well, that'd be interesting. Little baby Aquaman. But So the baby, we're saying if he's the Mariner, the baby is the Sub-Mariner. Oh. Oh. Yes. Yep, did I that like joke that twice. <laughs> Second time was better. Second time was better. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciated how at the end he says that he's got to go because the land don't move right. <laughs> and she said, it's only land sickness. We all feel it. <laughs> well, you would have that, I think. You would. I thought that was great. And I do like, I like how it's kind of like, this is how it would be. This little kid is like, why are you leaving me? You're supposed to be with me. And him just being like, look, I got to go. <laughs> like, I've got fish to let eat me and cut out of Go and hang out with your parents, guys. And I like that there was kind of, like, that he had the the conversation with Enola, but when he his said his goodbye to Helen, he just kind of touched her face. Really uncomfortable kiss. <laughs> and it's out. <laughs> like, that's all that was needed there. Yeah. Because his real relationship is with Enola. It's yeah. not with Helen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, yeah, and that it's was a, I think it was a good way to end the movie, like, sets up for sequels. Like, he goes back out. Mm-hmm. He could have another there's adventure. There's no way they could ever make a sequel to this movie. Well, there's so much money. Well, funny you should bring that up, because Factoid is, at the time, this was the most expensive movie ever made. Like, until Titanic was made. But up until then, that was it. That was and the most expensive. by today's money, money, it's still up there. By today's money, it would be, like, number nine. Which is impressive. Yeah. For inflation, yeah. I think they, didn't they use all the metal that they could find in Hawaii? Something like that. Well, it had an original budget of a hundred million, but then because of all the costs, it was a hundred and seventy-five million. So it almost (laughs) that's just production. That's that's production. Yeah, Yeah, but like you doubled, almost doubled your production. Well, Costner put twenty of his twenty million of his own money. Twenty-two. Twenty-two million of his own. They say the 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 entire cost for the film was two hundred and thirty-five million dollars. That's including marketing. Yeah, well, marketing is always bad. But yeah, so that's Waterworld. So you guys, I still love this movie. I think it's great. You've watched it. We've talked about it. What do you think now? Good? Bad? Oh, we're going straight to Ugly? (laughs) I had never seen it, as you know. And now I've seen it twice. I'm glad I saw it. 
I don't know that I will see it again. I think it's one of those that I would say, if you've never seen it, and you're into post-apocalyptic or sci-fi kind of stuff, try it out. It's got some great ideas, some great scenes, but I don't know that the, the, the timing and the way it was put together just didn't really work for me. So I would say yay, and I would recommend it, but not really as a one in your regular rotation you're going to see a lot. That sounds more like a nay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you should see it. Just You've never seen it. It's not terrible, but... But maybe rent, don't buy. <laughs> not golf. Stream. <laughs> Check Netflix. You can rent on Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Well, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it a recommendation. Let me tell you why. This is going to be shocking, because I, I called it a festering turn of a movie earlier. You did. That's true. Turned but in, in a world where um, post-apocalyptic movies are, are are very in right now, they're mm -hmm. kind of... If you go back, you can see the evolution of that type of movie with this movie. Because you go back and you see movies like Mad Max. Somebody thinks those are great movies. Watch them again. It's really not that great. This is a good stepping off point from Mad Max, the original with Mel Gibson, to, like... Riddick, or the new Mad Max. I mean, this is a good middle mm -hmm. point, and it shows. And un, if you throw out the 1990s, the oil is bad and smokers are evil kind of deal, because now we've gotten past that, and everybody just accepts it. This does tell a good story about an anti-hero who hated humans, if you will, and then came around, grew his little heart, grew three sizes bigger, <laughs> and loved that little girl, and faced certain death to go rescue her and the way that he threw that flare down into the oil was just that was that, that was metal it was so. great because it showed that he doesn't that's right he didn't care about all humanity he gave about her just her that's right he mm -hmm. gave zero fucks so um <laughs> I give it a recommend go out there and check it out I'm gonna go with uh <clears throat> with the same um definitely uh you should watch it if you haven't seen it you should watch it if it's on TV don't turn it off you know, it's one of those movies. It's a little slow, and uh, some of the scenes don't quite jive up. But, uh, yeah, I enjoy it. I've, I've never really hated this movie. I don't understand the hatred towards it. Because if you watch The Road Warrior, it's the same movie. You know, it's, just, it's about as ridiculous, you know what I mean? <laughs> but everyone loves The Road Warrior and hates Waterworld. I don't quite understand that. But, yeah, I thought it was good. And, and I would definitely recommend it at least, you know, watch it or, like I say, don't turn it off if it comes on. <laughs> but I don't have any hatred towards the movie, and I enjoyed it. I'd recommend it. I love this movie, and I would just say, if you haven't seen it in a really long time, and you and last time you saw it, you're like, this movie sucks. There has been a lot of, this type of genre has come back in a big way, and there's lots of different examples. So maybe this wasn't the movie for you ten years ago, but now you kind of like that stuff, so go back and give it another try. And unlike a lot of movies, this movie is bright. <laughs> so many movies are dark. Everything, even like on the dirty smoker boat, they're mm -hmm. still bright. You can still see it. Like, you don't have to turn every light in the room off to watch this movie, which That's I have true. a hard time with a lot of times. Like, they make these movies so dark. This is a bright, fun, different take on that movie. So I think everyone should give it a rewatch and see if they can't find it in their hearts to... <laughs> Make room, <laughs> make room in their heart for Waterworld. It's a good movie. It's not a piece of crap. All right. It's not a turd that just won't flush. So there we go. Most of us uh, <laughs> agree that it's a worth a, a watch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So that was Waterworld. Next time on the Unappreciated Movie Podcast, 
We're going to get a different take on a different type of movie. That's right. <clears throat> John is going to give us his thoughts on The Last Dragon. That's right. We're going to be reviewing, going over, talking about The Last Dragon, Barry Gordy's Last Dragon, which I believe is from 1985. I don't have the number on it. But it's around that time. It was uh, early to mid-80s. Um, if you've never seen this, you're going to love Carl, you're going to love it. I've movie. never seen it. It's a bit of a hidden gem. It is. You know, people who know this movie love it. And so we'll just watch out for that. So as we leave our boats and head for your neighborhood pizzeria. <laughs> Daddy Green's Pizza. We'll see you next time. On the Unappreciated Movie Podcast. Yes. All right, great. <laughs>